Good evening and welcome to Direct Impact Broadcasting, the station of growth and transformation. Affiliate of Creative Broadcasting presents Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson with your host, Taiwana Wilson, as she welcomes her guest to the studio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson. I am your host and leadership mentor, Tywana Wilson. If you are joining for the very first time, welcome. Come on in until our virtual learning laboratory. Let me know where you're coming in from, drop it in the chat so that I can welcome you in properly. I have an amazing, amazing mentor tonight, and I'm super excited about that. So I am ready to bring our mentor on so that you all can get a taste of what you're in for tonight, and it is going to be awesome. So Simon, welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, this is I'm, I'm really excited. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time. Thank you so much. I am excited. Anytime I have a guest on and they are like into leadership and the why behind why we do what we do and why we should care about the why, which is your topic for tonight. It just, I don't know. I, I'm a, I'm a nerd. I love learning. So <laughs> oh, I, I, I love it too. And it's, it's one of those things, the why of something is it's just it's so obvious that people miss it. And, and I think that's a big part of what it, what happens when we're getting to these leadership roles is to remember that we need to explain the why of things. And there are some other reasons which we'll get into later on as we as we roll through this. Absolutely. So let me tell the viewers a little bit about you. Viewers, listeners, as you know, I bring you mentors from everywhere and tonight is no different. So Simon is coming to us from Canada. <laughs> so Simon currently lives in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. He was a member of the Canadian Armed Forces for a little over 26 years, starting in the infantry, then becoming an aircraft structures technician. So think auto body for airplanes and eventually becoming an institutional leader when he was promoted into the trade of aircraft maintenance superintendent. Simon has completed many formal leadership military training courses. And in 2021, he completed a Master of Arts in Leadership degree from Royal Roads University, where he found his desire to want to help emerging leaders like yourselves create strong foundations as they embarked on their leadership journeys. Simon retired from the Canadian Air Forces so that he could follow his passions of, of being a private pilot, riding his motorcycle, running, and being the host of his leadership-themed podcast, Trench Leadership, a podcast from the front. Tell me that isn't good stuff. Simon, welcome, welcome, welcome. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for that. Even though it's my bio, I'm like, who is that guy? Oh, wait, that's me. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, I am interested to, to hear more and get right into it of learning about this why, hearing about your podcast, of leading from the front. And so I'll let you go ahead and, and take it away. Well, thank you very much for that. I, first of all, if, if it's okay, I'd love to take just one second and dispel some Canadian myths. If that's all right, that, that's uh, fine. <laughs> fantastic. So first of all, not every no, actually, no Canadian says about. We all say about. That's just the way it is. Not everyone, not every Canadian loves maple syrup. I actually don't really like maple syrup, and I don't really know how to skate. So not every Canadian loves hockey. I'm actually a football fan, a Canadian football league, but that's a neither here nor there. So, yeah, it's interesting. Canada, United States, that we're the same, but we're different. It's it's mm-hmm. it's an interesting dynamic. So. Absolutely. Well, that's good. So viewers don't assume. (laughs) Exactly. And that's actually a big part of the why is quite often as we're leaders or even followers, we make assumptions about things. And if we're afraid to ask the question why, or we don't even think to know to ask that question, what will we all do? We will all fill the voids and we don't know. And as a leader, it's very easy to get caught in, in the expectations of, how we're going to succeed, meeting whatever the timelines or deadlines, staying within budget constraints, whatever the challenges might be as a leader, to forget to talk to your team about the why of things. And if your team doesn't get that information, as I mentioned earlier, they're simply going to fill in those blanks. And human nature tends to be to fill in those blanks with not necessarily the worst case scenario, but more often than not, not the best case scenario. And that problem but that very quickly turns into a very serious problem. So that's really at the crux of why the, the, the why of things is so important is to be able to communicate with your team. Now, the, the trick with that is to know how to communicate with your team. And while there has been all kinds of books written on how to communicate with all these different, the different types of groups of people out there, the challenge really comes down to the leader knowing your team members, knowing who you're working with and understanding that throughout the day, things are challenging and the leader and the teams, the followers, they have to all be willing to work with each other to know how to communicate to get that why out there. Because if you don't, like I've mentioned a couple of times now, those gaps will be filled and we might even not even rest, realize that we're filling those vacancies. It's challenging. It is. And now with multiple generations in the workplace, they are colliding People are bumping heads and not connecting and not communicating. So I think that was an interesting uh, point that you mentioned that, yes, and we do fill in that gap. If we don't know why, we make assumptions. (laughs) Oh, very much so. And interestingly, so 76% of the workforce right now is filled with late generation Xers and Gen Zers. So the thing with those two generations is, they have been living within this technology world where the information, getting any information, not necessarily the correct information, is very, very fast and easy to do. So, uh, you know, if we don't fill that that information in, they will simply go to, they, or even even other people will also go, just go to Google, type in the search engine, and whatever the first hit comes up, whether or not it's real, that's that's (laughs) it. And and that causes a lot of challenges. So you have to hope. So communication is... It is. And and I am a medical laboratory scientist by background, so I am a, a technical person. And so in my industry, where we are highly technical, of course, the people part comes secondary. So we're seeing now where we have more managers that are managing people and they are highly technical, 
but they're figuring out that people part and that leading from the from the front part while they're in the role. So I'm curious to hear more about, you know, the why, especially when managers and supervisors today feel like they don't have time. There's always so much other stuff going on, get, you know, telling these facts and details. Sometimes they feel is not important or as important. So I would like to hear your thoughts about that. Yeah, well, absolutely. And I'll start by saying that the why is vital. That is the thing that will tie a team together, that will bind them together. Because if one of the things that research has shown is if a leader will sit with their followers, with the team, and take the time to explain what's going on, even though everyone knows they're busy, more often than not, more often than not what happens is the group will start building, building a, a sense of trust and cohesion. And if there's some type of challenge happening, the, the, the team members will more often than not, and I'm, I realize I'm generalizing, but more often than not, the team members will start to build that sense of trust and understanding that the leader is willing to take the time in a busy schedule to explain what's happening and, and why. And once they have that, uh, once, they, once the followers have that why, they're, they're more often than not, they're feeling empowered. Okay, I have this. I've been given the knowledge that I need to go forth and do whatever my portion of the tasking might be. And also with that, that sense of empowerment, that leads a sense of ability. And whether or not someone necessarily has the ability, now they have the, the concept to go forth and try and figure things out with themselves because they can see the bigger picture inside their own little sphere. The trick with this is, especially in newer leaders, is they want to blast out all of the information in one shot. It's knowing that the challenge with that, or the way, maybe a better way to word it would be, the, the best way to deal move, moving forward with that would be to know how and when and what type of information to go forward. And really the only way to do that is just experience practice, which sometimes kind of sucks because we all want that information and the knowledge right away to be able to just go and be the very best that we can be. But more often than not, we need to stumble. And stumbling on the why is going to happen. It's just the way it is. We all make those mistakes and, and we can go from there. Yeah, I think that's good. Knowing your people is key. So I've talked about that many times. It doesn't matter how much you know, unless you know your people, know your the strengths of your people and know your team and connect with your team. Yeah, they're not going to care how much you know <laughs> until you till they know how much you care about them. And that's exactly it. It's all about everything revolves around building trust, the mm -hmm. why of things, being honest, being genuine, all of those things, they all revolve around building trust. And it's that trust that will help a team succeed far beyond whatever the required metrics might be, whatever the, the KPIs are or whatnot. It's, it goes far beyond that. Absolutely. And so I know you're big on leading from the front. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Because for some people, that could be a new concept of this leading from the front. Does that mean as the leader, I do do it all? Does that mean that, you know, what exactly does it mean for some of our new leaders who may be watching this broadcast or listening to it on their favorite podcast platform? Well, thank you for, thank you. That's a great question. And I'll start by saying, so the, the podcast name, my podcast is called Trench Leadership, a podcast from the front. It's a little bit of an homage to my military experience, but at the same token, it's all about the fact that when we as leaders are starting our leadership journey, 90, most often 
the we're we're getting bloody figuratively speaking we're getting bloody we're in there we're having to do it and and that's because very often our our first leadership role we were put into those not based off of our leadership merit but because of our technical skill set and the example i use quite often is hey simon you were an amazing welder for a whole bunch of years you must be the best leader of three welders well not necessarily so Quite often, we're taking this technical skill set that we have and we're being thrust into a leadership role. We're right in the front lines of how to be a leader in any any profession, not even uh, not only exclusive to the military. And we're having to figure it all out. And the reality of it is, in most corporations, most organizations, we don't start receiving leadership training, formalized leadership training until we're in a leadership role. And then it's too late. Because we're having, we're, the expectation is that we're already going to be leading. And that's the challenge. That's where we're leading from the front. So how do we do that? We make mistakes. We figure it out. We be honest. We, we, have, we explain the why of things. We listen to podcasts. We talk to people. We do all those different things. But it's tough because quite often what ends up happening is we get into these leadership roles. We're in the front. And we're thinking we need to do it all. We're thinking we need to have all the answers and we need to be these perfect people with these perfect lives that are going to have all the answers because we're the leader now and everyone's looking to us for this, these examples. Oh, what are we going to do? Ah, everyone panic. The reality of it is leaders are still people and we are going to make those mistakes. But if we remember to talk about the why of things, if we remember to sit down and talk to our teams, we will figure out when we need to actually be doing the work and when we need to be leading the people doing the work, when we need to be able to be open to and say we don't know how to do something, and when we need, need to be able to step back and not talk about things because everything's a balance. And that's the trick. When we're in those first roles as leaders, we're really truly in the front. We're, the expectation is to be right there with our followers, right there with our team members, but still meet all of the demands of the higher-ups and all of the other upper echelon of the leadership teams. It's, it's a challenge. It's the it's the most difficult position to be in, but also probably the most gratifying because you can see you're having a real world impact right now on what you're doing. Absolutely. I, I agree. I always tell my managers, especially the frontline managers, because they are the gateway. They are the gateway to their, their frontline teams. And they're also the gateway to senior leaders and, and executive leaders. And so they do have a difficult role. And, and I was just talking to a group today about this, this very this same topic. And as technical people, it always comes up that, well, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to fail. And, you know, understanding that them transitioning to these roles as technical leaders, they're not going to know it all. So what advice would you give to somebody who's you know, they're highly technical and they're very good in that space of their craft or their trade. But as they have transitioned, they understand they understand and realize that there's a lot that they don't know. How do you give them that advice that it's OK to fail? That's a part of the process. And you are going to make mistakes <laughs> that 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 comes with it, especially when you don't have experience and when you do have experience. You still make mistakes. <laughs> Very much so. It, it's it's tough, but you hit the nail right on the head. And it's all when when I have new leaders speaking to me, the first thing I remind them is we are not, not one of us is infallible. We will all make mistakes, and no matter what we do, as long as we go into these things with the best of intentions, 
even if we make a mistake and we take that as an opportunity to learn, we're still going to grow. We're still going to evolve. And we're going to keep doing that throughout our entire leadership journey. And that's just the reality of it. Maybe an example I could I could give is when I was a sergeant and I used to be teach I used to teach basic training and I just assumed that the students knew something that was going on. And the example what it was was we were all we were teaching the students, uh, the candidates, the recruits, sorry, how to put on their uniforms. Because while you would think that would be a pretty simple thing to do in all militaries, well, the in in the Canadian military and very similar in the U.S. military. We want things done a specific way. And, and so we're teaching the recruits how to do it the military way. Start thinking the military way. And we are doing our different stuff. I said, okay, go get the pants and bring your pants and put the pants on. So they did. They show up and they're putting their pants on. And and one of the, the students showed up and he had jeans on. I'm like, well, what are you, what are you doing? Like, we, we you, know, I, you know, we're all clearly putting pants on. I said, well, you didn't tell me to put my combat pants on. I'm like, oh, okay. So that was a little easy reminder to say, okay, I need to break this down to the, the very base common denominator because I, I didn't explain to them why we were doing it this way. So this person, while they were being a little bit of a smart ass, I hope I can say that, <laughs> uh, they, were, they, they were also, you know, just didn't know. And so that was a reminder I carried with me, like even small little things can have a, a bigger impact in that. So those things matter. And that was hence the why of things. And that stuck with me for a lot of years. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know if I fully answered your question there. I think I kind of went off to the side a little bit. I do apologize. No, you're fine. I was just looking for that. You know, what kind of advice would you give a new leader who, you know, who d- don't have that experience you know, and maybe don't have the confidence either yet because it's still new of navigating, you know, being that frontline leader and leading from the front and understanding. So I think you did a great job of even saying that, you know, sometimes you got to even be clear and assume nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so something as simple as, you know, putting on your, you know, bring your pants, put on, put on your pants, you know, especially today, I think, you know, clarity and that why is even more important. Oh, very, very much so. You know, probably from from a practical perspective, break it down. If you think it's too simple, it probably is not too simple. Break <laughs> it down, and then and then once you get to know your team, you can you can maybe you know and make it a little more complex from a practical perspective of advice. But from a, a strictly personal perspective, my advice would be just and this is very difficult to do. Be kind to yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to make mistakes, and accepting that is so important. Be kind to yourself. Now, the caveat I will put to that is negligence is different than an, an, a mistake. If, you, if, you, if you're negligent in something, you also have to own that because that's right. part of the learning too. But if you just made a mistake, own up to it. People more often than not will forgive you for that. And you figure it out and you move forward. You learn from it. That's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. And then move on to the next mistake because there's right. going to be another one. It, it, you're right. If you live long enough, you'll be making plenty of mistakes. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you'll make plenty of mistakes and you will experience plenty of failure. So I always say if somebody, if I'm getting information from somebody and I, you know, tell me about a failure and they act like they haven't had any failures, then either one, they're not being truthful with me or themselves 
or they've not done enough things because if you do enough things, you're going to fail at some point because that's a part of the process. That's just the way it's going to be. Exactly. Absolutely. So I know that you were in the military. Talk to us a little bit about how that has prepared you for your leadership. Do you feel like you got a, a competitive advantage being in that space and learning in that space? Or, you know, just talk to the, the viewers a little bit about that and how it's helped you in this chapter of life. Thank you very much for that. So I, I started out in, in the infantry and I was 19 years old. And like most stereotypical young 19 year old man, I thought I knew it all. And the great thing about the infantry was it, they, they beat that out of me literally and a little, little, a little bit literally and a whole bunch of figuratively. Uh, and that was part of my leadership journey in that my first level, my first master corporal. So my direct supervisor, uh, he, was was an integral part of me so he was my he became my mentor even though he's since passed away he's still my mentor because the the example that he instilled in me has carried with me throughout my entire learning and leadership journey so those little moments they, they stick with you and when i got into the air force i got into the lead of formal leadership roles and whatnot so i do think that the way the canadian military runs their formal leadership education or training programs for their non-commissioned officers is very, very strong. Uh, the challenge is that the militaries, traditionally the Western militaries, the U.S. and Canada specifically, they would really prefer their soldiers to think from leading with their brain. And there's nothing wrong with that because it, within certain concepts because it's the nature of what the military does. There's a very clearly defined chain of command. And sometimes that chain of command is telling people to go do things that is not, not fun. So that's a requirement to that. So there's, there's that need that having been said after 20 or so years in the military, I started a master's degree program and in the program, they really, really focused on leading with our heart. And so I really latched onto that. But what I quickly realized was you it's leading leadership. Isn't a simple black and white type of thing. It's, finding that pendulum and understanding where in the middle, when to use one or the other. And so my strength was coming into this program, I, I was able to see this, this leading with my brain, and then now learning to lead with my heart, I found a middle ground for me. And that made me a much more robust, uh, adaptable leader. And I think that's been a strength of that. So without one or the other, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now, for sure. That's awesome. And and that's an important point that you mentioned that leadership is not black or white. And you're right. You know, there's knowledge that comes uh, that you have to use your brain, but there are also a lot of teaching where you got to use your heart and the emotional part. And I think that's sometimes where it gets a little bit tricky for, for newer leaders because it's like, yeah, you do got to care about other people's feelings. <laughs> <laughs> you have to care. Absolutely. And, and the trick is, especially for new leaders, quite often what happens is they tend to want to follow a line of like a transactional leadership style or the great man theory in, in that because, oh, I'm the new leader. I need to put my hands on my hips and I need to have all the answers and direct people and give them the, 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 the motions that I'm the leader and I'm in charge. Well, no, they, they, sometimes that's the requirement. Sometimes we need to put our heads down and the leader has to push the team to get it to reach an objective. Other times the leader needs to sit down and think and, and be empathetic to understand what's going on, to get the full picture. Mm -hmm. the, the challenge is 
know when to do both or when to do both at the same time. It's tough. And I've had so many examples throughout my career of times when I had to learn when to be adaptable and it's, it's difficult. Absolutely. So speaking of those learning moments, I always like to ask my mentors who come and share with the audience, name a, a time that, you know, it might've been considered a failure uh, on your path, kind of let us know what that was and what was your learning or takeaway from that? Because I don't want people to come and and share. And it's just like, you know, people see you today and they're like, you know, Simon is awesome. And his road has always been easy and he's always made, you know, great decisions. So sometimes people see that end result, that whole top of the iceberg, but they don't necessarily see the journey or some of those, you know, difficult situations that you might have encountered that you're like, okay, in, in hindsight, yeah, I would have done this totally different, or this was not the best way or strategy that I should have handled that. Yeah. Uh, so I was thinking about that a little bit, wondering if I was going to get this as a question. So this worked out perfectly. Um, so the example I'd like to use, and I'd like to go back to when I was teaching basic training again. And the thing that about this was when I joined the military, I had an experience on my basic training and it was a transformational moment for me because I had a very, very strong master corporal who had taught me a really great lesson about what it meant to be a leader and how to help people right away and, and make a real world impact. And I remember when I was a very, very young private and still thinking I knew everything that I want to teach basic training someday. And that had always been a career aspirational goal. So flash forward a bunch of years. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm teaching basic training. This is amazing. I'm living this dream that I'd always hoped to get to. So here I am. I'm teaching basic training, and I'm loving it. And the first couple of courses I was, I was involved with were fantastic. I was living the dream. It was amazing. Long hours, long days. But I didn't care because of the love I was getting from that. But like all things when you're building when you're putting so much effort and power into these different things i couldn't see in the moment that this was tearing so many things apart it was hard on my family life it was hard on myself and i didn't even begin to see after a couple of years of this how much this uh the pressure and the, the stress of, of the role was taking on me and i couldn't do it and one of the favorite sayings that i have is in the moment i had no idea what was happening so at the end of the, the my time there, when I left, as soon as I left the, the actual physical environment, I was posted to here, coincidentally, in Ottawa now. I, looking back at it, it was obvious. It was obvious that I wasn't doing the, the, the best job that I could have done. If anything, in a lot of cases, I think I did a lot of service to a lot of the recruits because I was bitter. Uh, the empathy I had in the beginning was gone. I, I Looking back, I could see that I was very uh, short-tempered. Uh, I, I didn't. Not that I didn't care about the candidates or the recruits, but I certainly had a lot less tolerance for when they were going through personal struggles and whatnot. And this is basic training. It's it's meant to be a difficult environment. It's meant to teach people what it is to be in the, in the military. It's meant to teach them how to deal with certain levels of stress. And I wasn't being empathetic to that, even though I had gone through these entire things myself. And this was supposed to be my dream posting, the thing that I'd always wanted to get to. How could I let this happen? So the failure in that was that I didn't see that happening. The, the success in that is after looking back at that, I can now see clearly what I was doing wrong uh, and, and how I was able to be able to move 
to take those failures and try and not do them again. Now, I would love to tell you that that's never happened, but that would just be a, a, a straight up lie. I still, we still, as part of our evolution, I'm still figuring out how to do that. And I'm still figuring it out. And, and I think that's okay. I'm trying to be as kind to myself as I can. It's tough. Yeah. And it made me think as you were talking about that situation and I was talking to a group of students today and, and their question was around balance. And I'm like, well, that's really not a, a real thing. What in the real world is, it, you know, people want this perfect work-life balance and that's, you know, sometimes unrealistic. And so it, it made me think, so they're like, well, you do a lot of stuff. How do you, how do you do it all? And I said, well, it, it do depend too at what stage of life you're at. So early in my career, I know I was able to do a lot of stuff. I was single. Uh, I didn't have any children. So I was able to work, work, work and be involved with a whole lot of different stuff. And it worked for that time. And then as uh, my life evolved, then I wasn't able to do as much. And so I had to be very selective about the things that I did do uh, mm -hmm. with my time. And that's okay. I know sometimes people struggle with, well, I've always done all of this stuff. And then at this point in life, if I'm not able to do all of those things, then I must be failing at something or something is not going quite right. And, it, you know, it's that whole two of learning that, you know, at different points of life, you can't do everything that, you know, maybe you wanted to do or you think you're called to do at that time. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, sorry, I think I cut you off there. No, you're fine. <laughs> and, and you're and you're absolutely right. And the trick is to understand to find that balance and understanding that the balance doesn't mean that 50% of the time you're going to get all the stuff done or whatnot. It, it really depends on the person. I know for myself, uh, I, I am a, a, a goals oriented person. I, I just I always have a new project on the horizon. There's always a new thing I want to achieve. You know, earlier in my bio, you had talked about. Um, fact that I'm a private pilot well I'm working towards another recertification inside that and you know I'm riding my motorcycle figuring these things out and all there's all the running is something I do so I can just say that I I, I ran a half marathon and, and all of these different things there's always a goal attached to those things and that's great but the challenge with that is sometimes I lose sight of the joy of things uh, because I'm, I'm re I'm striving towards those goals so my my advice would be when you're looking towards the balance ask 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 yourselves what that balance, the goal of that balance is. What what are the goals for? If I could offer a really quick example, would that be okay? Yeah, that's, that'll be great. Fantastic, thank you. So one of the things is, so talking about my pilot's license, one of the things we have to do is what's called something called circuits. And it's basically you take off from the runway and you just fly a rectangle and you take off and land, and you take off and land, and you get the idea. It's about practicing proficiency skill sets. Mm -hmm. And as I was doing this, it was getting into night. So I was starting a night rating portion of things. And I had been very, very focused on the, the details and the checklist and making sure everything was in. I was hitting the right airspeeds and whatnot. And then as I was coming along, and I, I, there's this one part in the one of the portions of the circuit. I, I had completed everything really well. And I had about 15, 20 seconds of nothing to do. And 
It's night now, and Ottawa is a beautiful city during the day, but Ottawa at night is truly glorious. And here I am flying along for 15 or 20 seconds. I have nothing to do, and I'm looking at the beautiful skyline, and there's a full moon that was starting to rise. And I had this, this moment of clarity. I'm like, I am blessed to be able to have these moments, to be able to see the moon rising and see this beautiful skyline and, and really appreciate this. And then I had to get back into my checklist and go and land the airplane and everything. But, but at that moment, I realized I needed to take the time to enjoy these things, enjoy these, these little wins, because the goals are there to help us to enjoy things. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's a challenge. It's a challenge between the two, especially if someone like myself is goal oriented. Right. Right. Yeah, you're right. You can have, and then sometimes you could think that, well, if I'm not hitting these goals, then I'm not successful or that's a failure or, you know, something like that. So I think that's an important point that you mentioned and you talked about it earlier of giving yourself grace. And so I don't think we do that enough of giving ourselves grace while we may have our, our list of to-dos or our goals or, or things of that, our bucket list of things we want to accomplish. You do have to give yourself some grace too, especially as you are, are moving towards completing those things if you miss the mark. Now, if you got all these goals and you're not even, you know, taking no action, then, you know, that's a different story of giving yourself some grace. Cause <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and, and that's exactly it. Like and with all of these different things, you know, the, the question of the why comes back into, a, you know, we, in the beginning of the episode, we talked about the why in relation to a leader and their, the team, but that why to ourselves, asking ourselves, well, why am I doing these things? That matters. You know, and being honest with ourselves, uh, I retired from the military because I asked myself the question, why am I still in the military? I joined the military because I truly, from my heart, believe that that was a way that I could contribute to, to the world and make a difference. And I was doing quite well, but I realized one day that I, I just, it was time for me to do something else. And that was because I asked myself the question, why am I still doing this? Why am I not feeling the joy? in these moments anymore and it was time to move on it, it, that why that comes up so often and we don't even know we're doing it <laughs> yeah and i think that's a good point too so whether it's in your role or whether it's in your life that why isn't is very important and so you know getting to that core of why you do what you do you know whether it's staying in a role of understanding why or figuring out if you stay too long. I was talking with a colleague today and he had been with uh, one of our locations for at least since 1989. <laughs> since 1989, he had been with the location and then he made a switch to a different location within the same system here within the past, I would say year and a half. And I said, well, what made you make the switch? And he said, well, a lot of the people that I came into the, the lab with have since retired. They've since retired or, you know, moved on. And he's like, I looked around and I thought to myself, well, why am I still here? And so it was time for him to make a change. He, he's not quite ready for retirement, but he, he was ready to make a change and meet new people and work in a different environment. And so it just got to that why, like, well, why am I, you know, why, 
why stay at, at this location when I can do something else? And I know sometimes a mindset of, well, I've done it this way, I'm comfortable, you know, can can get in our way as, as people, as leaders, as parents, <laughs> and everything. Oh, that sense of comfortability, it, we, it, quite often a lot of people will wrap themselves up in a nice, like as though it's a, a nice heated blanket. It's it, it, <laughs> it's it warms us and it makes us feel safe and secure and as human beings, our natural instinct is to try and make ourselves feel as safe and secure. So it's easy to get into a rut and not even know we're in the rut. Because as I mentioned earlier, in the moment, it's very difficult to see when we're in the rut. And well, quite often, what will happen is our, our loved ones, our colleagues will say, are, are you okay? Are, are, is everything all right? And th- it starts out with those types of questions because little things are maybe our mannerisms are changing, how we're talking. In my case, it, it was... Uh, prone to irritability anyways, uh, but, but it was even, even more of that. And, and looking back, I, people were helping, trying to help me see that, that my mood had changed, my attitude had shifted and whatnot. So my advice would be to people, if you're getting those types of questions, maybe take a step back and, and ask yourself the question, why, why are people asking me this? Huh, there's the why again. Huh, that. It comes up all the time. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> that that makes uh, perfect sense. So as a leader uh, uh, from being in the military and, and working with your colleagues today and, and even the people that you touch through your podcast, what do you do for your leadership and to keep yourself full so that you can continue to pour into other people and mentor other people and nurture other people and and be the leader that they need you to be. Well, so part of it is the podcast that I do. Uh, one of the reasons that the podcast came up was when I was going through my military, my formalized military training, and I don't call it education, it was training because the information is fed to us a specific way with a specific goal in mind. Whereas education is meant to more open, in my opinion, more open our breadth of scope of how we look at things. Uh, and so when I was doing the mass working towards a master of arts degree in leadership, the, I, I, what I happened to me all the time was I kept getting coming across these different principles like systems thinking or all these other types of leadership principles I hadn't heard of yet. And I sure, I kept thinking to myself, gee, I, I sure wish I'd heard about that 20 years ago when I was a brand new leader or 15 years ago at this point in my career or whatnot. And so that's really how trench leadership came about was to help mentor others and get those, that level of information. Now, I'm not speaking about that, you know, a brand new leader necessarily needs to have a, a graduate level uh, understanding of, uh, of, you know, systems thinking, but definitely knowing that that exists and point them in the direction to help them get to those points. That's what really nurtures me. That's what fills me with a sense of pride, knowing that I'm helping people answer some questions. And if they're having a challenge in how to do, uh, deal with a, a tough colleague, for example. Well, then there's an, I have an episode for that. How do, but how do I build myself up with that? Quite often throughout the episode, throughout the podcast, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning from these guests and these experts. So that builds me up. And then what ends up happening invariably is I'll go and get their book or I'll, I'll read about them. And that's the thing that helps me grow. And it's amazing how everything is interconnected. It's not a one-way, le- I'll backpedal just a little tiny bit by saying that one of the experiences I've had and one of the realizations I've had through my career is that leadership is not one way. It's not one sided. I don't, you know, we're both learning and it's coming back and forth. And 
And this is what I've really latched on to since, since I've retired is keeping those, those leadership line communication open to growth. The other. Absolutely. I think that's important too, that, you know, it's, it's subscribing to lifelong learning and learning from other people. So continue that continuous loop. So I agree to, with you, everybody that I have on this show, I always take away some nuggets and I'm like, you know what, that's a great perspective or that's something that I wasn't even thinking about. And so I think that's important. When you think about your guests and the people you talk to and your training and your education, what do you think has been the single most important advice that you have gotten that has helped you on your journey? The single most important advice that I've gotten, like, so I guess I would have to say two if I could, I promise. So one's a practical one and one's a more empathetic one. The, the practical one is to get all of the sides of the story. And, and that is because as a leader, whoever gets to you first, the, 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 the different factions, different sides of things, they're going to tell a story that are very likely is going to help them get what they want. So my advice would be, or the advice that I received very early in my career was to make sure that you speak to everyone involved before you make a decision. Sometimes that's not possible. I get that. But more often than not, we can take the time to get all of the information before we press forward with something. I promise you, it might seem like it's taking longer, but really it's saving everyone the time and aggravation in the long run. Uh, and, and from a more empathetic perspective, I would say that the advice I got from my first master corporal when I, after I graduated basic training was to pull my head out of my rear end. Just <laughs> think about what you're doing. Take a moment and think about what's going on around you. I was very immature and I had my master corporal. He, he told me, he's like, Simon, you have all the skills to be a really strong, dedicated, powerful infantry soldier, but you're just, you're making stupid decisions. He was a lot more colorful when he was talking to me. <laughs> um, but, you know, you, you really need to think about what you're doing and, and, and pull your head out of your rear end and think about what you're doing. And, and, and that I carry, I still carry that with me now. Am I thinking straight? Am I making decisions based off what I need to be doing? Or am I just frustrated and emotional about something? And if I fact check myself, I pull back and I do that. And that has saved me from a, that has saved me from sending a, an upset email or making an upset phone call and getting myself in trouble so many times. And as a new leader, we, we're figuring all these things out. So it's, it's good. <laughs> I think that's good because sometimes the emotions get high and we're ready to, to react. <laughs> we're ready to react and respond. And sometimes we have to take a breath and take a pause before we before we react and do something that may not be in the best interest at that time. Exactly. Exactly. It's tough. It's hard not to do, though, especially <laughs> once we're fired up with energy and emotions. I'm going to send that email. I'm going to tell that person. Okay. <laughs> There's the difference between negligence and an honest mistake. <laughs> you were you right about that. So John Maxwell says that good leaders ask great questions. And I think that's true. And I was on a, a mentorship call with one of my mentors not too long ago. And that was something that he talked about. He talked about, you know, asking a quality question. So the question that you ask will dictate the kind of response that you get. 
And so what has been some of the most important questions that you have asked in your journey that you're like, you know what, that was a great question. So one thing that I think about, especially as I'm meeting people and I'm expanding my network, I always ask, who do you know that I need to know? That way I am asking that person, they may have people in their network uh, that, that that I should be connected with. But if I don't ask them, a lot of times they're not going to just, you know, it's just not top of mind. So mm-hmm. what has been some of those questions that you was like, yes, I'm I'm glad I got asked that, or this has been a, a valuable question for me. So one of the questions that I, I love to ask people, especially when I'm meeting them the first time is where they're from. And if you remember you before this, you and I, we had, we chit chatted a little bit about that. <laughs> and, and, and that's because that's important where we're from. Uh, where we're physically living or whatnot, that more often than not will generate a more of an open conversation. And it builds a sense of trust uh, amongst each other, especially if if the leader is, uh, you don't know each other, or there's some some type of conflict going on, those types of questions, asking those questions will start to break down some of the potential barriers that may be existing. And more often, so how I like to do that is I generally will ask five questions. It's a rough number I like to ask, and they're not specific to whatever we may be there to discuss, but it's about the person. But I think what's more important than the question is how the, the when I'm asking those questions, A, how I'm asking the question and ensuring that I'm actively listening to what the response is. Because if someone sees that I ask where they're from and then right away my eyes are looking somewhere else or I'm, I'm clearly not paying attention, I've now just ruined the whole point of asking. So... <laughs> The questions are very, very important, but it, it's hearing the responses and taking that in. That is huge. That active listening, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, that that's one of the, the if you do in any research today or if you look at competencies of, of leaders or qualities of great leaders, active listening comes in at one in the top 10 all the time. Because, Every time. Yeah, because people are so distracted and there's so many things. It's like, did you hear what I was saying? Did you hear anything? Are you connected with me? But that active listening is important. Listening to understand and not to respond is key. I think um, one of the the questions that I like to ask, sorry, I I just realized the specific type of question that I ask people is when I when I'm taking the when I've taken the information in. What I will do is I'll reframe the uh, how I interpreted the response and turn that into a question. So, for example, so what I heard you say was this, da 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 da, da and at the end of it, I always try and say something like, "Is that an accurate statement?" or mm-hmm. "Did I hear that correctly?" And what I find with that is that has a twofold response. First of all, it shows the person that I I, I did listen to what they were saying, and I've actually been considering it. And from a practical perspective, if I didn't quite understand what they said, then that provide that opens the door to now clarify that. And that also saves a lot of aggravation down the road. So, and I learned that from a really fantastic sergeant I had many, many years ago. It was a good trip. Yeah, that's good. I think that's a great question, especially when, you know, people are, are, are busy and, and sometimes, you know, not listening and trying to, as they say, multitasking. And we know what multitasking really is. You're stopping, <laughs> you're stopping one thing and focusing on something else. I think, you know, rephrasing that and making sure that you understood the context of what they were wanting to say. I think that was, I think that's great. Yeah. Oh, I, it's, 
and I'm 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 okay with admitting that quite often when I when I re- rephrase the question back, they have say no, Simon, that you you didn't quite <laughs> get it. So so I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> then they're like, were you listening? I didn't say no, that. <laughs> what are you talking about? I, I said I didn't like ketchup chips. Oh, this is awkward. <laughs> oh, too funny. Well, our time is almost coming to a close. I mean, time this time went by really, really fast. And I've I've gained a lot of awesome insight. So thank you so much for, for what you've been able to share in this short time. Thank you so much for having me. This has been a real pleasure. I, I can't believe this has gone so quickly. This is this has been <laughs> lots of fun. I know. So what tidbit or two would you like to leave the listeners or viewers with that they could implement right away? So here on Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson, we always like to give some practical tips where people can use and implement right away. Uh, because we know that that people need practical and they need to be able to act. So, you know, for 2022, my, my thing for people is act. Whatever you get, whatever information you get, act on it. Don't just be a, a, a knowledge hoarder. <laughs> exactly. I, I completely agree. Don't keep it all to yourself. And and I think the probably one of the practical tips I would offer someone would be to just remember that it's okay to make mistakes. And and if you're not sure about something, ask a question. Ask the question. It is, it's not the days before where the leader was truly expected to have all those answers. And if you didn't have the answers, that was viewed as failure. Yes, some organizations may operate that way, but if, if you're in one, maybe consider a move. I don't know. But realistically, in in the ask the questions is the most valuable tool that a practical uh, emerging leader could use going forward because the expectations are not that you will have all the answers. And so ask the questions, ask the questions, and I'll say it a third time, ask (laughs) the questions because you're going to have them. We all have them all the time. So viewers and listener audience, ask the question. Like, don't assume, ask the question. So Simon, how can the viewers get and stay connected with you if they say, oh, Simon was really speaking my language tonight and I want to know more? How can they get and stay connected with you? Well, thank you very much for that. So uh, Trench Leadership, a podcast from the front, does have a website at www.trenchleadership.ca. Uh, thank you very much. And as well, there is a, I, I'm on LinkedIn and Facebook and, and Instagram and YouTube, all the different channels. And fortunately, so if you want, they're also with the podcast, so Trench Leadership, easy to find. As well, if you want to speak to me directly, Simon Cardinal, the way my last name is spelled, fortunately, there's not a whole lot of those in Canada, and it's nice and simple, K-A-R-D-Y-N-A-L, and I'm also available on all of those feeds as well. And just reach out. I'd be happy to speak to everyone. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Awesome. Well, Simon, this is, like I said, this has been awesome. I, I love talking about leadership and hearing different experiences. And and so I've gained a lot and I, I really appreciate the, the clarity that you gave of getting to the why and asking those questions. So to me, you can't hear something enough like it's not too much. It's always great to get that reinforcement that, yeah, you can't forget the why. That's very important. 
And you need to ask those questions. So I think that was was valuable insight and information. So thank you so much for coming into our virtual learning lab all the way from Canada. <laughs> uh, thanks so much. This has been a real pleasure. And I'm, I'm, I'm honored to have been on the show. Thank you. So viewers, listening audience, if we would love to hear your feedback, you could drop it in the comments of, of the show and we'll definitely get back with you. Please share this broadcast out with anybody you feel that could benefit from these practical tidbits, especially if you have new leaders, if you have people that are transitioning to different roles where it could be their first experience or time in that particular role. So they're looking for some practical insights to get started. And so thank you as always for tuning in. Remember on Tuesdays, the same day that Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson airs, the Elaborate Topics podcast also has the episode, the, a new episode that released. And as a plug for that show, the next show will be our 100th episode. So this is this is huge. This is a really wow. big deal. I know. So I'm just excited about the work that's happening uh, with the Elaborate Topics podcast, with the Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson show. So do me a favor, share it out so that I know that you like the content. I know that you like our mentors who are coming into the studio so that we can continue to bring you more and more great, awesome information to fast track your learning. And so with anything else, we'll be back here. Same time, same channel next Tuesday. Don't just meet me here, beat me here. And so until next time, my friends, I hope you have an amazing, amazing week. Thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson, where Taiwana speaks with leaders who share nuggets of wisdom that you can use in your personal and professional life. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Coach T. Wilson. Connect on LinkedIn or visit www.coachtwilson.com. And remember, in life, learn as much as you can, appreciate often, and lead fearlessly.